What's up, Daw Nation? My name is Wyatt Troy, and welcome to episode 34 of Behind the Duh, where we interview artists and music industry experts on an emotional, philosophical, and artistic level to get inside their heads, gather the best information, and then bring it back to you. By the way, this is a companion podcast to our YouTube series, In the Duh, where we invite artists to dissect their songs in real time. If you're interested in that, there's a link in the description. And the best part of all of this is that it's free. Forever, no matter what. Our only request is that if you enjoy this podcast, and it's really helping you along your musical journey, go ahead and check out the Behind the Daw Patreon and consider supporting the channel for just $1 a month. If you have any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, or you just want to talk, you can contact me at Wyatt at BehindTheDaw.net. All right, Daw Nation, let's get into it. I want to welcome everyone to this week of Behind the Daw. We are absolutely just so lucky to be able to interview What Good. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? It's What Good is good. That's it's too good to be true. <laughs> it's, it's a very clever one there. Yeah, that's, that's nice. And then also, I wanted to introduce Brennan Baker, which is this is a very special moment for me. This is a patron who's coming on the show and interviewing. And actually, it's a very special story behind this but very first off before i get into that brennan how you doing today man i'm doing pretty good how are you dude i'm doing fantastic man and so the special story with this is i was at my mom's house me and my wife and my kids went to my mom's house i was sitting on the couch it's a lovely couch it's a white couch just leather it's too much detail anyways i was sitting on that couch and i get a phone call from a number i don't know answer the phone call lo and behold it's brennan i'm like hey what's up dude he's like is this is this really you i'm like this is really me man and he's like and so we were talking and everything and he i was i was like man who who do you want to have come on the show and he's like what good and i was like i have no idea who that is let's find out who that is so i looked up your music freaking blew me away and i was like tell you what let's get him on the show this weekend and you're gonna come on the show with me brennan he was freaking out i was freaking out everyone was freaking out man that's the story about how brennan came on the show dude I feel so loved about that. Honestly, man, like I'm a massive like introvert. <clears throat> I've got like super bad anxiety. So like even just normal situations, like talking to people sometimes for me is like quite an overwhelming thing. But like, man, I'm literally like, don't be nervous at all. Cause like, I'm probably just as nervous as you. So I wouldn't worry at all, man. What good, like we really are super excited to have you on here. And before we really, really get into it, I just want to give a shout out to the rest of our patrons, both on In the Dawn, Behind the Dawn, what fuels this channel, it's what keeps us going, it basically allows me to keep bringing these interviews to you. So if you guys are interested, listeners that are listening, if you're interested in becoming a part of the Patreon team and also the private In the Dawn and Behind the Dawn, uh, Discord, go ahead and head over to the Patreon. It's $1 a month and it just it just supports us to, to keep going. So with that being said, how do you say your full name? Because it, it just looks like a bunch of letters thrown together. That's a good question. It's um, it's Louis Vizgoski. Vizgoski. Yeah, it's Vizgoski. Yeah, so it's a Polish name. Do you know what the funny story about that is as well? I <laughs> didn't know how to pronounce my name for like most of my life. Because I, my, it was my grand, my grandfather that's Polish, right? I haven't spoken to him since, you know, since I was very, very young. It wasn't until like a couple of years ago where I met some someone who was Polish that they told me how to pronounce my name properly. I'd been pronouncing it wrong for like my entire life up until that what? point. So, dude, that's amazing. I just, 
I still get it mixed up though. That's the, the the mental part is I still get my own name wrong like so often, and it's I would even say it's embarrassing. It's just funny at this point. It's such an easy name to get wrong for anybody else, even myself. So that's amazing, dude. That's amazing, Brendan. I'm gonna pass the torch over to you in just a second. But as always, with every behind the daw episode, I got some very very deep questions that we need to, that we need to hash out right now. Is that all right? Give me give me your deepest stuff. Man. All right. Is a spider just a land octopus? I guess. I mean, if we're not looking too specifically into the science of it, I mean, I guess they could be comparable. I was going to say, because spiders have fangs, but octopus have beaks. That's freaky. I mean, I don't definitely don't want to see a mix of that. No. And I think they're comparable. I think we could call them land octopuses. I think that's probably fair. They're all freaky, man. Is a sandwich just a salad that just has two giant croutons on it? You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> see, this is even harder for me. Hey, listen, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to say yeah for this one. That's all it really is, man. It's just, it's, it's peppery bread cubes. Like, I want to take that recording of you saying peppery bread cubes and just turn it into my ringtone. It just says that over and over again. Do it, dude. I would be honored to be your ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then the last question, I'm gonna pass it over to you, Brandon, is, so vampires can't exist in the sunlight, but they can exist in the moonlight. But how is that possible? Because moonlight is in fact sunlight. How does that work? I'm the wrong guy to ask that question to. Mm. I'm terrible and dumb. What? No, not. <laughs> oh, listen. All right. I'm dumber than you know I am. No. Um, so I'm going to, I'm just going to say, um, can I dive out the question? Is that a possibility? You can also phone a friend if you need to. I don't have any friends. <laughs> I, I can answer it for you. What kind of like makes me kind of be okay with that question is basically like, so bananas are actually radioactive, but they're, it's not a lot, right? There's, there's not a lot of radioactive elements inside a banana. It's actually very, 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 very small. So what I think is that there's something about the sun that kills vampires, but at night it's, it's, it's like a banana. It's just like, there's still sunlight out, but there's like, there's not enough to kill the vampire. It's just like, it's just there. An, an untraceable amount. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go with you on that one. That sounds right to me. Brandon Baker, my patron. Let's have the first question, man. The first real question. How does it feel to be where you are in life right now? It's difficult because I want to be further on in my career. That's just the hope for everybody doing music, I think. But I feel like I'm in a good place right now. Music's going well. The you know the, my recent stuff's had a bit of traction, and so I'm happy for that. I'm thankful for that. Um, it's difficult, I think, being in Scotland and not really being able to be a physical part of the the community. If that makes sense, because we don't have a scene here for the music I do like at all. We have house music, we have indie bands, we have metal bands, but but when it comes to, to EDM, I guess there's not um, a market for it here at all. It's difficult for me in the sense that I'm not able to partake in playing shows as often or, or anything of that nature. I think in terms of where I'm at in life with, with my music, I feel like I'm happy. I think the only thing holding me back at the moment would be location because, and I love Scotland, don't get me wrong, but I've been here forever and it's, and it's, I'm just getting up to the point where I'm a bit bored of it now. So I think, I think ideally, you know, in, in order for me to maybe take it to the next step of being comfortable with where I'm at would be to be somewhere that, um, I can sort of reach my full potential. I think I'm not like exaggerating when I say this, there's no music scene in Edinburgh. 
it's and it is just full of, of you know indie bands and and you we we there's a lot of techno nights and a lot of tech house nights so that's what's that's what's popular even like coming through like 45 miles or whatever it is to glasgow that's where i'm at the moment there's like a hub of of artistic people here there's so many talented people here you know such a huge art scene and music scene but it's just such a far cry from from edinburgh because edinburgh's so it's so dry when it comes to creativity i feel but it seems like you know both of you are kind of in the same boat right now you know before before we started recording, Brendan mentioned that he's in a, in a small town outside of Dallas. We looked at the population, it's 2,000 people. What's the population of, of where you're at right now? What good? Yeah, it's like just like 500,000 population. But yeah, like we just don't really have any kind of um, scene. You know what I mean? It's weird for a big city, a capital city, but there's not much going on in general. 2,000 is definitely different than 500,000, but there's still, there's the similar problem there that there's not much going on or you have to travel somewhere to, to be able to, to connect with like-minded people and whatnot. And I understand I'm in a, I'm in a county, not even a city, but a county of 150,000 right now. And I'm making plans to move to Salt Lake where there's, you know, a couple million people out there. So I, I understand the struggle, but let me ask you this, from not being around other people or not being around a scene, has that influenced you to really just hone in on your music and just focus on that as much as possible as opposed to other things. Well, absolutely. Because I feel like, um, like, you know, some of my closest friends in the world, basically all of them, are also music producers. The community, considering there's not really one, the ones that, that do do similar music and that find um, comfort in doing the same things, like, they, we all band together and we become... And we've all become close friends. Like ninety percent of my friends in Edinburgh, regardless of people I was friends with at school or whatever, all these people are, are creatives and, and musicians. And it's just the way that you know, out of such a large city, there's um, very few people that you can connect with. And yeah. and these people, I guess, they tend to find each other. Like I feel that would be the way with places with like such a small population, like like where Brennan is. You know, like people band together when you have common interests in a in a sort of place where there, there isn't that interest. Are you making plans to move away from where you are? That's the end goal, I think. I'm just at the point now where I, I think I need to really work to be able to do that. And it's always that way when, you know, so many of my connections in the industry are in LA or Sydney or wherever it may be. So ideally I would be somewhere like that, but um, it's, it's so expensive to do at this point in my life. And, and obviously with music alone, it would be difficult for me to to go out and do that on my own, you know, a hundred percent. That's the end goal. Like, um, and it always kind of has been, but it's just about working that around my life. You know what I mean? As well. And, you know, I've got my girlfriend here in Glasgow. So just about us finding the best like way for us to do that. Cause she wants to move away as well, but it's just, it's not the right time right now. So yeah. I think, I think that is the end goal for both of us to be somewhere with a creative scene where we can both thrive in our own things. Brendan, do, do you like where you're at right now or do you want to get out too? I most definitely want to get out. It's difficult. At the same time, I love where I'm at. It's really small town. Everybody kind of knows you. It's a little weird, but at the same time, kind of cool. So everybody supports you to some extent, I guess. I grew up in a town of 244 people. And so I say that like there was no other towns around. I mean, there was other towns around, but like the biggest town next to us was like, 7,000 people. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I grew up in a small area. Like back then it sucked because like no one, like maybe, maybe one person in each town knew what EDM was. And so it was like, it was, it was really hard to even try to like tell people what I was into or, you know what I mean? Like who, who would I show my stuff to? Like, you know what I mean? Like it, it made no sense. I that's the thing as well. Like even the, the people here who are, you know, above a certain age, people in Edinburgh, like if they ask what I do, it's, incredibly difficult to explain 
it's like, or it's incredibly difficult to explain what that is. I feel like maybe in the States, like, because it's more of a mainstream thing and it's more of a, a, a widely spread, like, phenomenon, then maybe it's, it's a little more easy for the, for the people who aren't in tune with it to sort of understand what it is. But that's the funny thing here is that, you know, people over a certain age just don't know what it is. What kind of people inspired you to do what you do now as an artist? That's a good question. So basically, initially getting into electronic music, it was, it was um, I heard a song on BBC Introducing, so BBC here, uh, BBC Radio 1 do a segment where they just um, play upcoming artists and they, they put artists on who are, um, who are smaller. It doesn't matter what genre it is, they'll put people on and, and get them on the radio or whatever. And I heard this uh, tune called Funk Around by Skitchy. This guy called Skitchy, he's like, he was never a big artist. He was never a huge artist, but he got a song. I think it was introducing, it could have been something else, but I'm fairly sure that's what it was. But, um, but yeah, I heard that song, like, and my, I, I, I think I heard that playing when I was traveling down south. Uh, and I got my dad to like fish that song out and put it on a MP3 player for me. And that was essentially the first song I feel like that made me want to make music. And it's funny because listening back to it, like it's still a record I'd listen to. Because it's kind of like reminiscent of Prodigy and and people like that. It was mainly that record that got me into electronic music as a whole, and it was a pretty obscure one to start with, I think. But generally, I would say my sound that I make now, at least, is I'd like to say it's fairly multi-dimensional in the sense that I like to draw influence from genres all over the board. So a lot of the sound design I do is FM synths, uh, FM synthesis. So that's. I, you know, the reason I started using FM synths was because I was making a lot of house music back in the day. So, like, I say back in the day, three years ago. Yeah. Um, and, I, um, and I was just doing a lot of that at that point. And, and you know, those classic house sounds are, are just incredibly simple FM patches. So I kind of got started making sounds with, with um, Creator and FM8. And, and from there, I kind of feel like it just transformed into what I do now as I still use operator for almost 100% of the sounds I make so it's just it's really translated I think from from being really into house music and garage and to gradually evolving into what it is now which is where I I guess I still use it a lot and there's a lot of the sounds I use are kind of reminiscent of what sounds would be used in house music so it's it's a very interesting one because I, I never really consciously made that decision but it just happened that way and I, I do attribute it like greatly to growing up in the UK and hearing house music on the radio and like going out to clubs for the first time and hearing house music and kind of being introduced to it in that way. So that's my, that's kind of my biggest inspiration for what I do now is, is more so the sound design, the nostalgic sound design. And there's other songs which are like a bit more mental or whatever, but that stuff's just for fun. But I think ultimately for me, the inspiration does come from sort of the simple house, the, the way that you can use simple sound design from an old UK tune and put that into a put that into a trap tune and that work, you know, yeah. that to me is really cool. If you look at the totality, this could this could be that your life or this could be your music career, whatever you want, you want. I'd actually, I'd love to hear both, but what has been one of the most awkward moments that you've been through, both in your life and in your career? Yeah. In my career, all I can really think of is like beef with producers that oh, yeah. I don't like now, that like I used to be friends with, but I'm not going to like name anybody. Yeah, uh, honestly, I think it's been pretty smooth. My life is, is generally awkward a lot of the time. Um, and I put that down to just being a kind like bad with words. The most awkward, oh, let me think. This, that's a, that's, you've got me with this one. That's a zinger. At the peak 
of when future bass was becoming like the mainstream thing that it became, or at least when people started start becoming more and more listened to. And at that point of SoundCloud where every song on your on on your stream was a future bass song, if you can recall those days. But I would just say the most awkward point of my career was when I was trying to fit that mold of like, this is what it takes to get your song heard. This is what it takes for a, a, a blog to pick your song up or whatever. And they're still online. Like they're, I still consider them all right tunes, but like that, I think that was me in my phase of struggling with my like artistic identity of like what I want to make and what I think I'm good at. And I hadn't really taken the time to think, well, wait, is this actually what I want to do? And I just went ahead with it, made like a bunch of future based tunes that they're all right. They're songs, but they're nothing that I would like show my grandchildren. Do you know what I mean? So you were just creating those type of songs just to like some notoriety. Some, yeah. Recognition. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't think so at the time. I think at the time I was convinced that that's what I wanted to make. I've always enjoyed melody. I've always enjoyed something that sounds like poppy, I guess, for lack of a better word. But I think at the time I thought I was doing it because I wanted to do it. And now looking back, I'm like, I was, I think I was convinced of that because it was what was popular and what, what I felt like people wanted to hear. And those songs still stand as like some of my most played songs of all time. And like, that's cool or whatever, but it's just funny to, listen back to them i'm like i I wouldn't be caught dead making those songs now do you know what i mean totally man and i love don't get me wrong i love future bass but like the kind of future bass i was making was just so far like so i think i think that was it for me was was just I, i i guess i was just making it for the sake of making it and i was at that point where i was like i'm just gonna i'm just making tunes i wasn't really looking at it as the songs that would like make or break my career it was just making tunes for the sake of making tunes so i mean you could consider that an like an awkward thing but like it's just a phase that i've i've chosen to like block out of my memory totally and so in your life what's been the most awkward thing you've ever been through <laughs> so many things so many um, I thought this was a very personal story, but I'm going to tell it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. So when I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm telling this story. (laughs) Once when I was really young, I think I was probably eight or nine. So old enough to know that I was being a massive idiot. (laughs) So basically we're like, I was, I was on holiday with my family in in France and we were camping. This is awkward because it's still awkward to me to this day. I still feel horrible thinking about it. So I was camping with my family. We were, stay in this really nice campsite and the showers were essentially it was like this big long line of um cubicles with with um they had like these uh, curtains to cover them up so you could go in and we'd just been out doing whatever and i went into the shower to have a shower and i didn't realize before i went in i really need a poo <laughs> like i like started i started to realize i really needed to dump what am i going to do like there's a, not a toilet near me i'm in this shower right now, there's nothing I can do. And my dad was like outside, right? He was like outside of the showers waiting on us. I didn't know what to do at this point, like I was struggling. I felt that I could do was to like drop a log into my own hand. (laughs) And so I'm standing there like with my own excrement in my paws. I'm there like, what am I, what the, there's literally nothing else you can do in that point. Then I, I was young, I didn't know what I was doing. So I opened the curtain and I'm like, hey, dad, I need to dispose of something for me. And he's like, all right. And just comes over like as if it's nothing, takes my jobby out of my hand <laughs> and just walks over to the toilet and disposes of it, walks over to the toilet, disposes of it. And that's it. And that was the end of it. And I 
told my girlfriend this story and we were around at my family's having dinner and she goes to my dad. So do you remember that time that Louis handed you his job in? He had to put it in the bin and he didn't remember. So she made him remember that awful moment <laughs> in my life. You know, I wouldn't blame her. I would have done the same thing, you know. So he didn't remember, though. That's what's awkward about it. I think that's the realest story anyone's ever told on this podcast. Do you know, it's all that came to mind, and I was like, I might as well just tell it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nobody's going to hold it against an eight-year-old boy who, who, who was so embarrassed that he pooed in his own hand. That's what I thought. <laughs> Nobody's gonna hold that against me. So you and your dad never talked about that again? Yeah, he never. He didn't know. Like he he forgot about it. I guess it was just so. I guess he was traumatized as well, so he just blocked out his memory. I can't thank you enough for doing this, man. Oh man, you're so welcome. (laughs) But that was one of the most traumatic moments of my life. It feels like a weight off my chest, and now everybody knows about it. I don't have to be embarrassed anymore. Hiding that from the producer community for too long. Guys, be honest with other producers. You just paved the way for a lot of stories that people are going to send me later, and I can't thank you enough. I really hope that you get some stonkers. Wow, my cheeks hurt. <laughs> I was worth it. Um, Brendan, but you know, like, if you were to have one final question, if this was the last time, certainly it won't be the last time that you talked to What Good, but if this was the last time you ever spoke to What Good, what would be that final question? You're like, I want this. This is it. This is my chance. That's a really tough question. And if you need time to think about it, that's okay. You will speak to me again. So (laughs) you have plenty of time to ask questions. Go ahead and ponder on that. I'm going to ask you a question is I want you to picture a situation where now you're the father. Oh, yeah. But but in all in all sincerity, this is like a very sincere question. It's not I'm not going down that route. So so the sincere question is, you know, like you're a father, and you know you're you're on your deathbed, and you're there with your son, your only son, your firstborn son. You you have one chance to tell him one last thing. It could be advice. It could be a phrase. It could be literally anything. But like sincere, like super sincere. What would be that last thing? You know, like basically he he would be the last person you ever talk to on earth. What would be that last thing you want to say? Super sincere. Super sincere. I'd probably say, son, here's my SoundCloud login, leak all of my <laughs> and put it all in a fund. All the money he makes from it, I'd say put that in a fund and uh, take yourself on holiday, go to Romania or wherever you want to go. Just take a week off, man. I'm assuming he'll be working a corporate job because I feel like that's something I would make my son do. I would say just take a week off, man. Just chill. I bet SoundCloud at this point as well is past, is well and truly gone. Who knows if he could even do that? But the but the underlying concept would be like to whatever you had left, you would give over to your son. Yeah, and a more serious answer, yeah, I would probably just say take all of my things. This is kind of, it's almost like a silly question. You know, friends, I hold friends dear to my heart. They're the best thing you could have in life. How did you, Tosoki and Oliver's get together? Like, how did that become a thing? So I met... Bradley, I met Tizoki like seven years ago, eight years ago now. I'd, I'd heard his music through a friend. And at this point, you know, neither of us had any following or any kind of notoriety in, in the scene or whatever. And I just messaged him on Facebook and I think I sent him a song I'd made. Um, and he lived, Bradley didn't, at this point, he lived in the, you know, the Scottish border, so he didn't live that far. And for me, it was like, oh, somebody who makes similar music to me that lives nearby to me and and i mean yeah we just became friends that way and we were friends you know pretty much instantly we hung out all the time and chatted all the time and i think it was just that like feeling of of not really having anybody who makes 
what you enjoy making or does what you do nearby. And then all of a sudden you have a friend who enjoys that. And I, I had another friend that I'd started producing with, but you know, and he's amazing. He's still amazing. And pretty much the reason I started producing in the first place, but it was just at this point, it was, you know, somebody outside of that. And I'd, I'd never spoken to anybody else apart from, from this guy about music. So it was, it was just interesting to meet somebody new who was into what I was into. And yeah, and we became super good friends and we're still like, he's still my, one of my best friends in the world. And we still talk all the time, even though he's, he's in LA now and he's um, doing whatever through there. But yeah, we still talk like most days. Ryan, all of us, I I think I just met Ryan through Facebook a few years back. At that point, he was going under Curious Control, like back in when he was putting out like stuff under the under that name. And I just heard his stuff, and and we started chatting a little bit here and there. And him and Bradley became good friends, and then you know me and Ryan became good friends because of that. And and so it was all just really natural. Honestly, it happened super naturally. Like these are two guys who, yeah, like I hold them very close to my heart. They're amazing people, uh, amazing producers, you know, they're just, and I think, I think for, for a lot of guys in, in the uh, industry, I think when you find people you click with super, super well, you don't really let go of that because, and you know, you guys will know, like so many producers are introverts. Like we're not like this. So many producers just aren't these massive characters and, and it's just not that way. Like it's, it's people who are most of the time were super quiet when they were younger or weren't like, you know, in these specific types of popular crowds or whatever it may be. And, but yeah, it's just like a, a way, a way that we, we all came into each other's lives and became good friends and like, we're all very similar. So I'm super thankful for them both, you know, and it's, and it's good to having such close friends in an industry where sometimes you don't know where you stand with people. So I think it's good to always like, if you make a connection with somebody like just keep that because it's going to do you good in the long run and, and regardless of whether that's to do with industry stuff or friendship stuff it's i think it's good to have people that understand what you're doing and what you're going through and who you share the same goals with because um yeah i don't know if i would i wouldn't have made it to where i am today without those guys you know what i mean i feel like friends are the best thing you can have in in this i think specifically like the arts like because if you have like-minded people around you like it's just it's gonna make you I guess in a way more confident in yourself because you, you feed off other people, right? Like a lot of relationships work on, on a give or take basis. And it's like, if you have people around you that are, that are creative also, it gives you affirmation that, you know, maybe you're doing something that they're not doing and they're doing something that you're not doing and, and you can band together and like feed off each other and teach each other things. So like, I definitely, yeah, I think like, you could have what I, you know, I, I always look at the way that I could have all the, the fame and money in the world, but like if I didn't have my best pals with me, it would, just wouldn't be the same. And like those, the, you know, my best friends are the reason I'm where I am. Like I'd fully put it down to that because if I was doing this on my own, it would be difficult. So like, I think it's good to have like some kind of moral support and somebody to fight your corner and cheer you on. Like that's the most important thing. I think that a lot of people miss out with in this industry is that it gets very, it gets very, you know, toxic and fiery at times and, and you lose a lot of the personal interactions over time, and and because there's a, you know there was a day there's a time where we were always we were all starting off doing our music and all starting off doing something, and it was that like pers that pursuit of making a song and it just feeling good. If you can retain that feeling and those friendships throughout it all, then it's just it it keeps some of the excitement there. I think for me, um, it makes me feel like I'm still like 16 figuring out FL Studio like back in the day like it, it brings back a feeling in that sense so yeah like having your friends nearby is the best the best thing dude thank you so much for coming on the show did you have a good time I had the best time I had a great time thank you so much for having me on absolutely and then 
the final thing. I know we already asked for final questions, but the last, last question. Really though, like what is good though? Like really, what is good? I'll tell you what's good. Smoked cheese. <laughs> <laughs> because you can buy that, like you can buy a bit of smoked cheese and just eat it, man. Like it's a Twix, do you know what I'm saying? Like smoked cheese is what's good. If I've ever agreed with anything ever, it is that smoked cheese really is what is good. And it's a snack of, it's a snack for, for everybody. I feel like- Apart from the lactose intolerant. I feel like you could sell anything to everyone. You have the accent. <laughs> I don't even know if I've ever had smoked cheese and now I'm like, man, this sounds awesome. Like we need to do this right now. Gentlemen, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, Brendan, do you enjoy being a patron? I do very much. I think it's definitely worth it in the long run. Thank you, man. What good, is there any final words from you? Just um, thanks for having me on. It's been fun. I've had a good time. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. It's been lovely chatting to you two, you two gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Daw. We really hope you enjoyed it. Did you enjoy the questions that we asked or would you have liked to hear different ones? If you're listening to this on iTunes or any other podcast related app, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. And if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, make sure to like, comment, and follow. And we'll see you next time on Behind the Daw.